During the month of May, in the universal church in parishes throughout the world, and in the domestic churches, that is, the homes and hearts of families, our Blessed Mother Mary is given a special place of honor and veneration. Have you ever wondered why? Why the month of May? When did this all begin? What spiritual and temporal benefits can we gain from these customs and practices? Well, join me today as we find out. Greetings, listeners of the Latin Prayer Podcast. Welcome back for another episode. Today's episode is done in collaboration with fisheaters.com. To find the full text of today's episode, I will include a link in the show notes. Before we begin, I want to extend my thanks to all of you who listen to the podcast, especially those of you who are praying the rosary daily. The links for the daily rosary are in the show notes. Remember, Pope St. Pius X once said, if there were one million families praying the rosary every day, the entire world would be saved. If you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes, hit the like button to show your support. It's the engagement that you give that helps the podcast grow. And of course, if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, don't hesitate to reach out to me via email at latinprayerpodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, if you would like to support the podcast further, consider becoming a subscriber on my Patreon page. There are four tiers available to choose from. However, you can select a custom option with a minimum monthly donation of only $1 to $2 a month. By doing so, you will help me continue to create meaningful content for you. And before we end today's episode, we will pray for our wonderful patrons, their families, and their intentions. So thank you again for tuning in. Let's get started. Taken from fisheaters.com. May Crowning As are all flowers, the month of May is dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary, whom we more formally celebrate as Queen of Heaven on the last day of this month. Early in May, a statue of the Virgin at church is crowned with a wreath of roses, and roses are laid at her feet. Little girls and boys dress up in their best, often in blue or in their first communion clothes. One child carries the crown on a cushion to the statue, and another child is chosen to crown the statue. The selection process varies. Sometimes a boy is chosen to bear the wreath, but always a girl is chosen to crown the statue, usually the oldest girl. The flowers remain throughout the month. Hymns are sung too, and especially favored is the Victorian Bring Flowers of the Rarest. Catholics honor Mary at home, too, crowning the true May Queen's statue with flowers at their family altars and leaving roses, especially red or white ones, at her feet for the entire month of May. If you don't have a statue of Our Lady, you can place flowers around a picture of her. To accompany the crowning, most any Marian devotion would serve well. For example, the rosary, the little crown of the Blessed Virgin, or the litany of Loretto. A communal element of May first celebrations, Maying, is the Maypole, the erection of a very tall wooden pole from which hang flowers and often great colored ribbons. If ribbons are present, they are taken in hand by dancers who dance around the pole such that the ribbons become wrapped around it. Sometimes, the Maypole will be painted in various colors important to the area in which it is raised, or carved with symbols of local industry. You may have heard of the historical Maypole in the United States, and there is an interesting story of this in the link in the show notes below, the Maypole of Mary Mount. In some Maying celebrations, a king and queen of May, invariably a young unmarried couple, are chosen and fetted in some places little baskets, 
May baskets they're called, which are filled with flowers, fruits, baked goods, or candies, and left on friends' and neighbors' doorsteps. The women have a custom of getting up early and walking barefoot outdoors to gather morning dew, with which to wash their faces, letting their skin dry naturally without using a towel. This is said by various sources to have different effects, everything from a beautiful complexion, to luck, to wealth, to good crops, to the ability to more easily undo knots. And the figure of the foliage-covered green man, that great and ancient symbol of spring, may even make an appearance. The green man's leafy visage can be found carved and painted in both churches and secular buildings all over Europe and in the Middle East. For Christians, he is associated with Adam and the cross, as told in a story recorded by Jacobus de Vorein in 1298 in his Golden Legend, which he recounts how Adam's son Seth cared for his father's body after death. Quote, All the days of Adam living here in earth amount to the sum of 930 years. And in the end of his life, when he should die, it is said, But of none authority that he sent Seth, his son, into paradise, for to fetch the oil of mercy, where he received certain grains of the fruit of the tree of mercy by an angel. And when he came again, he found his father Adam yet alive and told him what he had done. And then Adam laughed first, and then died. And then he laid the grains or kernels under his father's tongue, and buried him in the vale of Hebron, and out of his mouth grew three trees of the three grains, of which trees the cross that our Lord suffered his passion on was made, by virtue of which he gat very mercy, and was brought out of darkness into very light of heaven, to which he brings us that liveth and reigneth, God, world without end. Generally, this is the time to get outside, to have picnics, gather flowers, and enjoy the feeling of springtime. Now it's interesting to note, that communists made May 1st a day dedicated to the workers they wanted to turn into revolutionaries. Against that idea, in 1955, Pope Pius XII made May 1st a special day to honor workers by honoring St. Joseph the worker, that is, St. Joseph the foster father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his position as a man who worked hard at carpentry to care for his family. Today, like any day, is a good day to honor the man entrusted by God to care for his son and, of course, the Blessed Virgin. As we crown the Virgin as the true Queen of May, let us remember the man who cared for her and for the son who saved them both. Finally, there is a beautiful astronomical coincidence for this time of year. In most of the populated areas of the Northern Hemisphere, if you go outside early in May, face east, and look directly up overhead. You will see a relatively faint L in the sky, assuming the sky is clear enough. This is the constellation Coma Berenices, a constellation that was named after a queen, actually a queen's hair, but that's another story. Anyway, the second brightest star in this constellation is called Diadem, or Crown of Royalty. So, what a wonderful way to take your children outside point to the star diadem and to think of Our Lady crowned in heaven, our Queen Mother who wants nothing more than for us to love her son. 
Here concludes the reading, May Crowning, from fisheaters.com. So why is the month of May dedicated to Mary? This tradition came about the 13th century or so, and some people say it was created to replace various pagan cults or to baptize them, but the actual reason is the fact that this month is the time when spring is at its height of beauty. Spring is also connected with nature renewing itself, and in her way, our Blessed Mother gave new life to the world when she gave birth to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The link between Mary and the month of May became popular among members of the Jesuit order around the 1700s, and it had a firm hold among their students in the Roman college, and a short time later it was publicly celebrated in the Jesuit church in Rome, and from there it spread to the rest of the world. This upcoming weekend, May the 14th, is Mother's Day, and it is on this day that it is customary for our parish to crown our statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary at the High Noon Mass. In our home, we will be doing the same thing with flowers and roses around our statue on our family altar of our Blessed Mother. This puts a smile on my face because I know that my wife loves flowers. She absolutely adores flowers, and I make it a point to bring flowers home to my wife on a regular basis, or at least I try to. And if I am dropping the ball, often my children will remind me. My kids love to go outside into our garden or wherever they can, and they'll pick buttercups, or they'll pick daisies, or they'll pick flowers that my wife is growing. They'll pull up plants that my wife has been nurturing the entire year. All of a sudden, she finds that the heads have been chopped off, and my kids will run in and go, Mommy, Mommy, I got you flowers. And my wife, she, even though she's frustrated that they just destroyed her beautiful flowers, her heart melts when her child comes to her with flowers. Every mother deserves flowers. And it is no different with our Blessed Mother. I'm reminded of a quote by Venerable Fulton Sheen. True love is not a feeling. It is a decision. It is not about what we get, but what we give. If we truly love our Blessed Mother, then let us show her how much we love her. Now let's say perhaps you don't have a statue of the Blessed Virgin in your home, or maybe you don't have a beautiful image of our Blessed Mother. What can you give her? You can give her flowers still. In fact, she herself grew the flowers which we can pick and give to her. For she gave us the rosary. The word rosary itself comes from the Latin rosarium, meaning a garland of roses. It is a collecting of prayers and growing and arranging a bouquet of flowers to give to our Blessed Mother. But I want you to think of the spiritual and temporal ramifications of this one act, this most powerful prayer. If you spend every day picking flowers and arranging a bouquet and handing it to your Blessed Mother, just like a child every day goes out and looks for the most beautiful and arranges the most perfect that they can arrange in their own little way, and they hand them to their mother daily, what does that do to the heart of a mother? Does it not bring her joy and compassion and love for the child? Does it not make her want to solve all of the child's difficulties and challenges and problems as only a mother's heart and will could? And then, in difficult moments, when this child runs to their mother and asks for assistance, what would that mother do except comfort and help? If any human mother would do this, 
how much more so would our Blessed Mother for us, her children? Sister Lucia, who saw Our Lady in Fatima, says that our Blessed Mother has given new efficacy to the Rosary in our times. And so for us, the faithful children of our Blessed Mother, I want to finish today's episode with a quote from Sister Lucia. The Most Holy Virgin in these last times in which we live has given new efficacy in the recitation of the Holy Rosary. She has given this efficacy to such an extent that there is no problem, no matter how difficult it is, whether temporal or above all spiritual, in the personal life of each one of us, of our families, that cannot be solved by the rosary. There is no problem, I tell you, no matter how difficult it is, that we cannot resolve by the prayer of the Holy Rosary. So as we reach the middle of this month of May, let us do everything that we can to crown our Blessed Mother with roses of a physical kind and roses of a spiritual kind, and let us receive the benefits of showing our Blessed Mother how much we love her. I want to thank you for joining me for this episode, and I'd like to finish by, of course, praying for all of our Patreon members, for their family members, and for their intentions. So please join me. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in celi sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodie, et demite nomis debita nostra, sicut nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationum, sed libera nos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicuterat et principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you once again for tuning in, and until our next episode, may God love you and Our Lady keep you.